I think I went to a strip club that night, actually. So that's how I handled it that time. Uh, that was actually a wonderful coping mechanism. Wh- I whatever works, whatever works. I was supporting sex workers that night. Okay, I was tipping heavily. But you are literally doing God's work. Literally. <laughs> You're listening to the Bad Break Podcast. Buckle up for some wild breakup stories. I'm not spending one more second of this life with some inconsiderate prick. Now I hate you, you slut bastard. Rachel, I don't want to talk to you, please. You know, I can't even look at you right now. Stop! Don't touch my ever. Take all your Do you understand me is I am crazier. That's not something to be fucking proud of, Cassie. No. But it is something you should be scared of. Hi, Chris. What's going on, Gigi? Oh, you know, just hanging out, talking about breakups. You know, this podcast has got me thinking so much about breakups now that now that I'm pitching editors, all I can think about is these different things with breakups. Like, is it normal to get horny after a breakup? Is it normal to continue having a friendship with your ex? What is the protocol? It's just been great. It has been great. I love that I'm in like a very happy, loving marriage, but... The more and more I do this podcast, I'm like, wait a minute. I sort of miss the the throes of going through a chaotic, dramatic, wild, life-changing breakup. I've had like the opposite, opposite feeling. I'm like, I am so glad I don't have to go through this stuff anymore. My God. But like, <laughs> also just so appreciative of these like guests who have come on here, shared their personal stories, have been so vulnerable with us and have like showed the lessons that you can learn when you go through a shitty breakup, you know? Yeah. I mean, it has been, it has been eye opening. We just want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in every week. This is the Bad Break Podcast, where we dive into some of the wackiest, wildest breakup stories. Be sure to subscribe and download today's episode so we can keep bringing you wild stories and insights from the world of heartbreak, including today's guest, Gigi. Who are we speaking to? The fabulous and super hot Zachary Zane, who is a Brooklyn-based columnist, sex expert, and activist whose work focuses on sexuality, culture, and the LGBTQ plus IA community. He is the author of Boy Slut, a memoir, manifesto, and co-author of Men's Health Best Sex Ever. He writes the Sexplain It column, which is a sex and relationships advice column at Men's Health, and Navigating Non-Monogamy, the polyamorous relationship column at Cosmo. He is the editor-in-chief of the Boy Slut Zine, which publishes nonfiction erotica from kinksters across the globe. His work has been featured in the New York Times, Rolling Stone, Washington Post, Playboy, and many more. And let me just say before we get into this interview with Zach that I am obsessed with his book. I literally read it in one day. I've actually read it twice now. Sorry, a shout out to Zach. But I was on a train, not a train, a plane. I was on a plane to Northern Ireland a few weeks ago and I had a guy sitting next to me. And I'm obviously having reading Boy Slut and it's a pink and purple cover and it's just like, it's very aggressive and fabulous. And the guy next to me is like, Oh, hello. Like, what's a boy slut? That's my best impression of an English accent. I'm sorry, but that's all you get. <laughs> like, that, I'm sorry. That's that. It is what it is. I know. I don't apologize. And I was like, oh, and I told him all about the book. And now I think Zach has uh, fans in Northern Ireland. So uh, respect to him. I love that. 
I know. It's so good. It was amazing. <laughs> so Zach is like literally one of the coolest people on the entire planet. He's so forthcoming. And he actually gave us at the Bad Break podcast, the boy slut origin story. So if you are feeling intrigued, you should be. Here is our interview with Zachary Zane. It's the exclusive. Enjoy, guys. I am... I don't know if the word is excited to discuss my breakup, but I am here to discuss my breakup. That, that, those will be the, that's the word choice I'm going with. We're on the other side of the breakup, so it's a nice little decompressing. We can sort of look at everything that happened, get into all the juicy details. We want to know everything. Uh, sure. sure do, I, do I just start? To start from the beginning, we'd love to just lay the foundation a little bit. Can you tell us how you met this ex-partner? Was it love at first sight? Did they have to put in any work? <laughs> sure. So I can share a little bit. So I met this uh ex-partner i met her freshman year of college actually she was one of the first people that i hooked up with my freshman year uh and then we didn't really like we tried to connect after hooking up we we just didn't whatever it was like the second week of college first week of college but then we reconnected because we were in a class together uh the first semester of junior year yeah, so it was definitely not love at first sight, right? We had <laughs> two years in between here. But then when we started dating, like, we just really hit it off. I think, you know, she, brilliant woman, so smart, uh, now who's an actual neurosurgeon, which is quite insane uh, to think. I, we hit it off, like, really quickly when we reconnected and really, I think, fell in love with each other quite fast. But the kind of issue that happened was, well, number one, I was closeted. I, I think that's probably a larger issue. I was closeted bisexual, which is like, so even though I loved her and I knew I loved her, I still had these other lingering feelings going on and desires to hook up with men. And so that just automatically impacts your relationship because when you're closeted and confused and not sure what you are, but you know you do love this woman, but why are you jerking off to gay porn? Like that will definitely impede you know, your connection with this person, right? But so that was the, the number one issue. The, the second thing was, so we went, I went to study abroad and that was already kind of in the works before we had met, right? You planned that by some sophomore year. So I was going to be gone for like four and a half, five months, second semester. And then after that, we'd have the summer together. So it'd be like kind of eight months and we didn't live in the same city. We decided, and it was this like very sad thing. I remember us like both crying, but that we would kind of like go on break for traveling while I traveled abroad and while she was at uh still in school and that wasn't that wasn't actually the breakup that I'm discussing here that was just like a sad thing but like hey we'll get back together and I remember being abroad and I studied abroad in Ireland like I really missed her and it was definitely like impacting my trip and she was taking maybe a little bit longer to respond to. I think we were emailing back and forth back then, although we didn't have unlimited data or whatever that we do now that we can easily use WhatsApp or whatever and easily talk. So I wasn't talking to her that much and scheduling a time to talk on the phone was also more challenging. And she wasn't particularly making it easy. I think she maybe wanted this kind of clean break and it was tough for her to kind of constantly be in contact with me. Again, I don't know exactly what she was thinking, but that's what I'm guessing here. But she even came to visit me in Ireland while I was there one time and it was a really great trip and I'd like it kind of came out that hooked up with one person while I was there who actually shared her name ironically which is just like not a good thing and she got really sad when that happened even though we were on break but it was fine but when I got back from Ireland I literally drove it was like six hours seven hours to see her like the day after I had gotten back I was so excited and I'm going visiting her and her family and we have this great trip you know what i mean it's this and then while i was leaving this is kind of where i fucked up um i I, like 
it, it wasn't exactly clear what we would be because we still had the rest of the summer. You know what I mean? And we were just in this kind of open relationship type deal, break, open relationship, whatever you want to call it. And so I kind of assumed that we would continue being in this open relationship type break because, again, we still weren't together. Maybe we were on the same coast this time. And I kind of made that clear. And I thought that was kind of the default assumption. I didn't realize that this was kind of a bigger thing. And it really hurt her. Uh, she thought we were kind of going to get back together. And the fact that, like, I just kind of wanted to fuck around when I got back for three months after not seeing her for four months, I think really hurt her feelings. And I was like, well, uh, I, I was, I, I don't know. I don't think I necessarily handled it well. And I think she was hurt. I remember I, remember I ended up leaving and she's just being like, okay, we should just break up then. Well, sorry, sorry. And so let me frame that. So she's like, we should just break up then. I'm like, well, no, 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 that, that that's not what I want. We can kind of go back to da- like dating now. And she's like, no, no, it's clear that this is not what you want. We can just like break up. If this is kind of, you came back, I've been waiting for you. I'm so excited. You don't even want to get back together with me. And I remember uh, crying the entire car ride home. For seven hours? <laughs> really? Well, I was like, uh, yes. Like essentially for multiple hours of that seven hours, maybe not the entirety oh of seven hours. And we didn't talk the rest of the summer, and then we get back to school, and, you know, we're, like, as far as things considered, we're being amiable when we see each other. Obviously, we still have—I went to a small college. We still had the same social circles, and we go, it's, hello, how are you? How are you doing? Whatever, like, the normal kind of healthy amount while creating distance. Well, one night, I got super drunk, and I asked if I could, like, see her, uh, go to her place. It was, like, I think, like, 2 a.m., and I was crying, and she heard me on the phone. She's like, Zach, okay, come over, and I essentially begged for her to take me back. Did you have the boombox at the window? It, it, it was in that. And I was like a mess and crying and good for her, for her being like, no, you like in order for me to kind of get over you, I had to kind of accentuate all the things I didn't like about you and all the flaws and faults that you have. And I kind of now see you as that person. So I can't go back. So I did that in order to kind of stop loving you. So I see you in this way. So we can never get back together. Like, I'll be friends with you. I I, I wish you no ill will. You know what I mean? And she, like, ho- held her ground. And, you know, as I was blubbering and crying. And, uh, again, to her credit. Like, that's really hard for her to do. And I knew a part of her, of course, did love me. In the end, it ended up being, I think, the right decision. I definitely, like, leaned in. I was like, well, fuck this. I'm going to be a slut. And then was a slut for the rest of college. Uh, And enjoyed that immensely at a time and where I think it was... Life. In my life, right? This was the beginning. Is this my boy slut origin story? Is that what it is? This might be. It sort but, of sounds that way. Like in a way, juice. you know, and it makes me sound like, okay, well, I'm now emotionally avoidant. It's not that, but I think I was hurt and that's how I responded to it. I think now I have a healthier relationship, obviously, with sex. I'm not doing it just because I'm hurt. I'm doing it because I enjoy it and I love it. But yeah, that was kind of that relationship. And I remember, I think it's, I, I haven't been, and I, I don't mean this as like a hair flip or a humble brag, but I haven't been broken up with too many times in my life. I think this is actually probably the only one of someone who like I seriously dated and loved and I think yeah it wrecked me it absolutely wrecked me I don't know what else to say did you eventually talk to her about your bisexuality did that factor in at any point or was it just more of sort of an internal thing that you were struggling with well no I didn't come out till after college and then again at this point I'm trying to say like did I see I mean she, she must know I'm bi now you know what I mean like that's not a surprise but we haven't reconnected I'm trying to think of that five-year reunion I remember kind of saying hello and speaking to her and it being amiable but no we kind of never really addressed 
that. You know, it's like at, the, at this point, it's like, you know, I know she's happily married now. And it's like sometimes it's like, okay, what am I going to say? Like, hey, so 12 years ago, I'm sorry I did. It's like she has her life now and so do I. And I'm not sure if rehashing the past is necessarily beneficial in any way. She's doing just great. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe what do you guys think? But n- no, we've never really discussed it since then because it took a few years after for me to embrace being bi. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you have to bury the hatchet or like get that clear with somebody who's like not a part of your life anymore. I think like we kind of have these weird, this weird feelings that like we have to like make peace with everybody in this like really kind of oversharing way. And I just don't necessarily think that that's like necessary for people to have a normal, healthy existence. That's my two cents. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the camp that you uh, you don't necessarily need closure with with everyone. Instead, you can just go on a podcast and and divulge all of it. Your... And talk about it. And it's not like, I don't think any of us did any, or neither of us did anything wrong, per se. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I treated her like shit. She treated me like shit. Like, it was, okay, she she was hurt by this. And I, I did not know this was going to hurt her. And I'm sorry that I did hurt her. But it wasn't like my intentions were malicious or her tensions were malicious i think we were just at two different places uh of our lives so like i I don't have necessarily looking back on it there's nothing i would uh, apologize for in terms of like oh i did something wrong i'm sorry i did this i'm not necessarily sorry i did anything i'm more so just sorry that this is kind of how it ended you know what i mean just to sort of recap i mean this is like a very young love you mm-hmm. go away, study abroad, you guys decide to kind of open up the relationship a bit. And when you come back, you said you did have a sort of conversation, but your understanding was that you were going to keep keep the good vibes going and have an open uh, relationship. It's, yeah, I mean, well, that, that was that was our conversation, right? It was, we didn't plan when we had initially like opened up or separate whatever that in between of just like well you're allowed to do what you want you still have a girlfriend kind of kind of don't whatever on pause we didn't um it was assumed we would get back together when i we didn't like decide like okay the moment you're back in the states we're back to being monogamous it was more like okay we'll reassess but this this is kind of what it is like so it wasn't as clear cut as i thought um or as it could have been i guess yeah that's where things get muddy. Did you ever do monogamy again after that? Yes. Yes, I did. I did. Once was maybe for like four months, three months, four months, again, while I was closeted. So it didn't work out. And the other one was actually the first relationship I had since coming out. And I dated another bisexual woman. And that was actually quite incredible. I, I think at the time I struggled so much because it took me so long to embrace and come out as bi. And I know Gigi knows this whole story, but like, I really thought the world was going to be my oyster and that like, wh- like I'd come out as bi and then everyone would want to date me. But women didn't want to date me because they were afraid I was using gay as a stepping or bisexual as a stepping stone to being gay, was afraid I was going to leave them for a man. They didn't trust me. And then gay men were extremely condescending and being like, oh, honey, I was bi too. You'll get there one day. And I'm like, well, fuck you. Like, that's a, a douchebaggy thing to say. So then I ended up falling in love with this bi woman. And it was great. You know, it was somewhere I could lean into being effeminate. We both spoke about how hot we found these guys together. And it was a really healthy relationship for a lot of it and then a lot of it was unhealthy but then we did that for about a year then when we broke up and she was actually down for an open relationship when i was not and then after we broke up i discovered polyamory and then through that i've now been polyamorous i've not done monogamy in 
since then, which was like twenty four, like since twenty fourteen, I've not done monogamy. I've been non monogamous for almost almost a decade now. I mean, I love this because this, just like you said, this is literally the boy slut origin story. <laughs> it I, is in a sense. Where, I got my heart broken. So, do you think that that relationship honestly was the catalyst for you realizing that monogamy just isn't for you? You need to figure out some other way of life, and you need to have partners who are extremely comfortable with that because it seemed like she was comfortable with it while you were away and then once you were back on the coast with her she wanted you kind of all to herself yeah and she knew i was effeminate there was definitely something where we like were hooking up with friends next to us and i like i started making out with the guy like gave her a look or she started making out with my gay friend and then i started making out with my gay friend and like it was accepted and fine so she kind of she knew something was going on here I, I think there was no question about it and she was okay with that i actually think she was okay with the bisexuality element and i think she probably would be okay with that now it was just the fact that it was someone else uh, regardless of you know uh gender I don't think that was the start of me being non-monogamous, I think, because again, I did have other monogamous relationships after that, but I do think having a better understanding of embracing my bisexuality and the way my bisexuality intersects with non-monogamy, that was more so the catalyst, really embracing and feeling comfortable with my bisexuality, getting over the fact that, you know, there's, there's this stereotype that bisexual people can never be monogamous and they're only happy if they have a man and a woman on their arm and realizing that that stereotype is accurate for me. And that, and that is okay. You know, as long as I'm honest and open and communicative and saying that I want an open relationship because it's important to my queer identity to have multiple partners and multiple genders, that's fine. The issue is not this desire. The issue is people lying or cheating, or the issue is people stereotyping and assuming everyone is a bisexual stereotype like myself, when in fact, plenty of people are not. Was this, you would say, your first real major breakup? Well, it was the first time I was majorly broken up with. Um, I've had major breakups before then. First time you got dumped. First time I got dumped, but like the other times, even when we had broken up and I'd been the one to instigate it, like I still, I feel like was more devastated than the women. (laughs) I feel like they were more okay with it, even though I was the one that broke up with them. I was definitely the one who was more heartbroken than they were. That's really interesting. Yeah. Walk us through your sort of, whether it's this story or other situations of, of you dumping or getting dumped on, what is kind of your immediate aftermath besides crying for seven hours in a car ride what what do you have any healthy sort of reactions or is it really just kind of bonbons and and crying until we get over it yeah i mean you know whatever it takes i'm trying to think recently i had a a breakup with someone who i really loved and it's like yes i cried and i cried so badly that like i had to leave the break like in the middle of it where i'm like hey like we hugged we hugged it out and i just left because i didn't want to be crying in front you know that's not the thing i'm like hey i think i'm gonna go there's kind of nothing more to discuss here but i was devastated i think i went to a strip club that night actually so that's how i handled it that time uh that was actually coping mechanism i approve whatever works whatever works i was supporting sex workers that night okay i was tipping heavily but literally doing god's work literally (laughs) allow yourself to be sad you know allow yourself to grieve and be sad and you know eventually there's no right amount of time to move on but eventually i feel like you just kind of will you'll start meeting new people but again i had other partners i could lean on other friends i could lean on i still had my regular day-to-day plan that was kind of roughly the same because i was maybe only seeing my boyfriend two three nights a week as opposed to six days a week you know whatever it was so i think breakups are potentially a little bit easier now that i have more support and that i have my everything is not uh, my whole life is not turned upside down because i broke up with this person Mm -hmm. or because we broke up 
So bringing it back to the Boyslet origin story here, <laughs> what, what is there anything that you would have done differently either throughout the relationship or during the breakup? Not really. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, it kind of unfolded the way it was going to unfold again because I don't look back on it. Like, you know, could I have not cried to her at 2 a.m. in the night? It's like, but also I think I kind of needed that. I think we needed this to be a finished, this to be like, oh, there's no potential. There's no lingering. I think she needed to cut me out completely and I needed to know I was cut out completely. So, like, it, it happened in the way that it happened. Again, because I was closeted, so I don't think this ever would have potentially worked out. Eventually, either we would have stayed together and I would have admitted I was bi and then we'd had to open up a relationship. But I think that would have just been a lot to deal with as I'm coming to grips with my sexuality. So I think, you know, meeting at the time period that we did, there really was no chance for us. You know what I mean? Because, again, I don't think she did anything wrong. I really don't think I did anything wrong. I think it was just kind of we were teenagers in love in college and it just didn't work out. was sad. Like... I don't know. I'm kind of, It happened the way it did, and I don't necessarily look back on it wishing I'd done something else. Like, uh, it took me being drunk and sad and emotional to kind of reach that point, especially because, again, I'm 20. I don't have the wherewithal that I have right now, and when you're 20, it takes sometimes some alcohol to feel some emotions here. But, yeah, I, like, I'm not proud of that, you know, and a part of me is like, oh, did I, like, harass her by... It's like, no, she didn't feel that way. You know what I mean? She knew I was hurt, and we had a great relationship, and we were able to end it then and there, which is good. You know, I don't think that that's even, like, a knee-jerk reaction that you did, like, crying and, and impulsively being there at 2 in the morning. Like, I don't think that's even just about being young and in love. I think that sometimes perfectly stable, level-headed people do shit like that after a breakup because it's something that means so much to you, and it feels like it's getting ripped away, and, and all you want to do is, is somehow make it work, but... Yeah, it's it's beautiful that you're on the other side and that you've taken some lessons from it that have like really expanded, expanded your life in, in a lot of beautiful ways. Yeah, I, I think so. And I try to whether or not I do or I don't, I try to learn things from each breakup and from each relationship. Of course, we tend to repeat certain patterns, although that pattern I've not repeated. I think that was a one and done and too, too intense of something to continuously repeat. I don't know. I, I always try to I, I really very rarely speak ill of my exes because at some point in time, I really cared about them. I really loved them. And whether or not things ended on a good accord or they there was a part of them that came to light that maybe I didn't mesh with, you know, at some point there was something I saw in them and I did have this relationship with them. And so for the most part, excluding maybe a few, I look back on all my relationships happily. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I had the, the privilege and the honor of loving someone and having this connection. And just because it didn't last... Just because we didn't get married and it lasted for 50 years and it only lasted for three months, six months, a year, or two weeks, that doesn't kind of take away from it. So I, I do try to, yeah, look back on all my relationships fondly. And for the most part, I do. That's awesome. Well, we can leave it there unless you have anything else you want to add about your, your boy slut origin story. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I've never thought of it as being that. But I think it allowed me, after that, to have that sexual freedom and to go out and start hooking up with dudes and figuring out what it is that I want and what it is that I need and what it is that I look for in relationships that then got me to where I am today. So in a way, I'm grateful that uh, I'm grateful this relationship happened. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes. You 
can find me uh, at ZacharyZane.com, but also on Twitter and Instagram at ZacharyZane underscore. The underscores at the end. You can buy my book anywhere books are sold, online, in bookstores. It is called Boy Slut. It is one word. I noticed that Amazon, if you do it as two words, it won't show up because you have slut and that's bad uh but it's one word then it's okay and it does show up specifically have a chapter actually i think that pertains to all this on like rejection specifically sexual and romantic rejection why are we so bad at handling rejection even though we're we've all been rejected and also similarly why are we so bad at giving rejection so it's something that really pertains to breakups in a way um and it was a chapter that i did not expect I was going to write when writing the book, and then I was like, you know, in therapy and the things I was struggling with, I'm like, well, this is something I'm struggling with, so I think other people are probably struggling with this too, and let's talk it out. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Well, this has been the most amazing conversation, Zach. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yes, thank you. This was so much fun to relive. (laughs) Fun was not the right word. It was... It was, again, an experience. What did I say in the beginning where I'm just like, oh, I'm not excited. I'm here. It it, it was a thing that happened. And I'm happy that it happened. Uh, Whether or not it was fun is a different (laughs) question. But I am happy it happened. I can say that. Well, we had fun listening to your story. Zachary Zane, author of Voicelet, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for coming up, Bob. Thank you. I still can't get, like, I still can't get my head around that. Like, how did we even get the boy slut origin story? What is life? I love picturing Zachary with, like, a boombox standing at this girl's house. (laughs) (laughs) After, like, how long was it? An eight-hour drive? Like, just, he was devoted to that. He was seriously devoted. (laughs) And I literally, I, like, fangirl Zach so hard. Like, ugh, unreal. Well, I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine tonight and read his book. I'm about to go take a shot. (laughs) Awesome. That's all the time we have for today for the Bad Break Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode so we can bring you more wild breakups and expert tips. I'm Gigi Angle. That's Chris Riata. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.